Welcome to CSU Stories, the podcast where we tell the stories of the unique work of people in regional New South Wales and beyond. From Hollywood careers to amphibian specialists, we talk with CSU staff, students, alumni and members of our communities to share how our regions are shaping Australia and the world. Today I'm speaking with Associate Professor Mehmet Olzap, Head of the Centre for Islamic Studies and Civilization, based in Sydney. Mehmet is a keen observer of Middle Eastern politics and associated activist groups in the region and their influences on and implications for the West. Mehmet, when did you first become interested in Middle Eastern politics? Yeah, um, I've been interested all along in my Islamic studies career uh, as a, as because we are living in an interdependent world. Uh, whatever happens somewhere else in the world has a butterfly effect and influences us in where we are in Australia. And Middle East, obviously, since 9-11 has been a bit of a hotbed of events through United States involvement in Afghanistan war, Iraq war, and the subsequent developments that happen in the region. But more specifically, uh, I'm interested in the Syrian conflict. And, and I was interested in that mainly it, it, sort of, uh, it was a bit of a linchpin of what would happen in the region. When the Arab Spring happened in 2011, started in Tunisia, then spread into Egypt and then Yemen, and then Syria. So if it would succeed in Syria, it would succeed elsewhere and completely destabilize or transform the region. So, so I've been looking at Syria uh, particularly since uh, the Arab Spring in 2011. Mm-hmm. But I decided to write about it uh, when, I, uh, when it became apparent to me that there was a lot of confusion happening because it was such a focal point of many players, you know, international geopolitics, uh, the local players, and even the the groups in Syria, and also the the suffering, the refugee crisis that it was it generated uh, into Europe and elsewhere, and the establishment of ISIS and its propaganda in Western countries is directly impacted on us. You've mentioned ISIS and. I'm assuming other extremist groups in well, as well that have been in the region. How do you think the Arab Spring heightened threats from these groups in these countries that you've mentioned? Well, Arab Spring was a popular movement that called for a change in the authoritarian regimes in the region. Mm. They wanted more democ- people wanted more democracy. They wanted freedoms and progress. Uh, or they wanted to free themselves from the perpetual conflict that seems to plague the region. Mm -hmm. It's not the fault of uh, this group or that group. Uh, Middle East has been, firstly, it's been colonized uh, through late 19th, early 20th centuries, and after World War II, it was a focal point for the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union which continues today in in Syria as well. So that really called the colonization then Cold War influences really destabilized the nation and it prevented stable democracies to emerge. And so by 2011, when there was social media and people are 
more uh, in Middle, people in the Middle East are aware of what's going on in the world and they can communicate. So they said it's enough. You know, we have to, we need change. So it was a positive uh, in a, uh, development. But when it obviously these authoritarian governments didn't like it, and and like in Syria, they did not hand over power or relinquish power uh, in peace or through democratic means, and that started to cause civil war uh, in this, in particularly in Syria. And where there is civil war, there will always be resistance groups, insurgents emerge, and some of these will be. Uh, radical, or the radical groups take advantage of the conflicts like this to uh, to open up new grounds for them, which ISIS did. So that I think that's uh, we need to keep that into uh, account. For sure. How? What do you think that this has meant for the West with this, you know, continuing conflict in places like Syria? I think again we're living in a in one interdependent world. So we cannot avoid say, oh, there's a conflict here. I don't care about it. And second, and largely, that interdependence comes from the flow of resources and trade that the Western world needs. The the oil and then the products have to flow freely. So uh, we 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 don't want conflict uh, in anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. That's particularly true for European Union, uh, United States, and to some extent Australia as well. Maybe uh, Australia is less so. And uh, and also there's the colonial past that so there's a responsibility there on the West that. The, the, what we're seeing here is a product of a history where the Western powers are involved. So I think the the responsibility, in my view, is that the solutions have to be developed together as well. Uh, and in these solutions, uh, and often solutions are uh, identified as uh, uh, you know military solutions, which doesn't work. It just makes it worse. We saw that in Iraq. And uh, what I what I think is, is needed is we need something like a Marshall Plan, you know, for Middle East. A bit like when, you know, Japan lost a war. Mm. There was a massive Marshall Plan to aid the country to, to develop it or bring it on its two feet. And the reason was that we didn't do that for Germany after World War One. That prompted Hitler to come to power and cause World War Two. So the thinking after World War Two was... We have to help the ones who are defeated so that they don't have bitterness and come back for a third one. So although I'm not saying, you know, the, uh, there is bitterness in the Muslim world uh, about the colonization past mm-hmm. or, or whatever, uh, whatever is happening now, the, namely the invasion of Iraq, is it, a massive thing. It's a massive disturbance to the region. Uh, there's the first Gulf War, the second Gulf War, and, uh, and and you can't just pack up your bags and leave. You know the region to its own uh, fate. There is responsibility on all sides. Sure, sure. So you see a Marshall Plan as or a Marshall Plan type agreement as one thing that could be implemented in the future. Do you see what else do you see for the future? 
in uh, the relations between the Middle East and the West? Well, things are getting better. It used to be far worse. What's, what's better is that the firstly, the Middle Eastern countries have more freedom. Uh, it's not like we are in Cold War or, uh, or colonization era. So, so those societies and countries and the people in those countries have a responsibility for their own futures. You know, having said that, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, the West has a responsibility as well. So what that requires is collaboration and the change in thinking. The, the Muslim world needs to stop thinking of the West as the cause of all problems or, or colonizers because you have to get rid of that colon, colonized mindset mm. uh, as I sometimes refer to Muslims. Or in a critical way. The secondly, from the Western side, there needs to be more genuine attempt to understand Muslims and Islam uh, and not lump everyone in the same radicalized basket and be prepared to work together in a collaborative way to improve the region so that the whole world could improve. Uh, I think it's a, a change in the mindset is needed, which should result in change in the nature of the relationship between the West and the Muslim world. And, uh, and then that, should tra that hopefully uh, will produce solutions on the ground that can be implemented. I think part, sometimes we don't see a solution because people are not ready to think in solution terms. They think in adversarial positions. And once they take adversarial positions, you can't collaborate. Do you see that Australia has any particular special path or part that it could play in bringing together the West and the Middle East? Well, Australia is part of the Western bloc, definitely. You know, we, we have a Western society with, a, with all its institutions and values. So by, by the fact that in geographically Australia is separated, it has an important play, player in the global geopolitics. So we can use, but we don't have the population or the economic or the political power to, have, to lead that bloc. Like Australia does not lead the Western bloc. Mm. Uh, United States does, European Union does. Uh, but nevertheless, we are a player, we're on the table, and uh, that we could use our position on that table for, as a soft power to, for really good objectives. And I'm not sure if we are doing that. It seems that Australia sometimes tags along with other people's plans and policies rather than develop our own pol unique policies. Is there anything else you think that you'd really like to bring out about this discussion? You think that's important for this discussion? Yeah. What is, uh, what is happening in the Western world, especially we have seen the impact of this with the Christchurch mosque attack, is that the, there's a massive problem of Islamophobia which is being fueled by online uh, fringe groups that, are, that come from very different, like far-right groups, uh, white supremacists, or now there's a growing group of um, men in Western societies that are called incels or involuntary celibates who are losing out in the uh, sexual marketplace because that sexual marketplace has changed dramatically with the invention of Tinder that they feel they're left out. Uh, and one of the things that these um, 
ideologies push forward is that the Western society is collapsing, the populations are reducing, the white race will disappear, uh, and Muslims are coming in to take over, to benefit from that downfall, uh, which puts Muslims living in the Western world as targets. You know, there are uh, Muslim, Muslims who live in Australia and other you know, United States, United Kingdom, they're a sizable minority, and these people are, in general, well integrated and are contributing members of society. But but uh, there is a growing trend to see Muslims as a Trojan horse within, and that we need to get rid of them. Not only uh, let's stop immigration, but uh, this rhetoric is going towards get rid of Muslims. This is a very dangerous turn for our society and civilization. And I, I personally think that we need to be aware of this and, uh, and deal with the, the problem that it generates. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sharing all of our CSU stories with you. For more information on CSU stories, go to news.csu.edu.au.